0: Today is March 27th, 2020. Welcome to C19 Daily. This is Karen Romano. Please check out our curated list of articles that we've been posting on the page. Um, They're all there today. Take a look at what we've selected for you um, as what we found to be some of the best articles um, for current events today. But as I mentioned yesterday, we're actually uh, starting to change up the format a little bit, and we're bringing in some guest speakers. Today I have with me Chris Stuffy. Chris is the head of advisory services here at Infinite Blue, and he's going to talk us through his recent blog around pandemic planning. Um, The name of the blog is Utilizing Your Pandemic Response to Include Minimizing Stakeholder Impact. Hi Chris, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello Karen, thank you for having me.
0: I'm glad you could be here with us. So, why don't we start by just giving a little bit on your background um, of kind of where you came from so our listeners understand why you're such a good guest to have here to talk through this uh, this pandemic topic.
1: Certainly, it would be my pleasure. So, I've been involved in organizational resiliency. It's also known as Business Continuity and Disaster Recovery for a very long time. I actually started with vendor supply chain consulting back during the whole Y2K focus, and it's evolved from there. Uh, As a CIO of a global online institution, uh, my focus shifted from disaster recovery into the, the business side. So since then, I've developed and led global consulting practices worldwide, assisting well over 150 customers in prioritizing and preparing for impacts to their organizations but also ensuring compliance.
0: Thanks. Thanks for that background. I know, um, you know, I know you personally, so I know that you have a lot of experience here and I think that will help um, our listeners understand where you're coming from. Um, So as far as this blog goes, what, what led you to, to write this and really like as far as um, you know, why did you pick this topic um, as far as pandemic planning goes?
1: Um, certainly. So, it, it, you know, with, with business continuity, we focus on resuming business services and IT infrastructure in preparation for and in times of disaster. And traditionally, and this is really where it comes from, we focus from the inside of the organization to the outside, how to recover business processes and IT infrastructure as it sits. Okay. And with that, right? So, when we You know, a pandemic adds a lot of complexity to that. This necessitates that we refocus and look inwards from a stakeholder or customer perspective. So we need to be aware of how the impact to our community and our customers are in a pandemic situation.
0: Right, No, it makes sense. Um, And if if we um, jump over to your blog, now just a little side note here. If you're wondering, what is this blog we're talking about? Yes, I named it. But if you uh, go to BC in the cloud, um, which is one of our websites, you'll see Chris's blog posted there um, and you can follow along or read all the details. It's very good. So we're going to hit some highlights here, um, but that's where you can find it if you want to go in and see some more details. So are you ready to jump over and, uh, to the blog and really point out, uh, jump into a few of the topics that you covered there? Let's go. All right, let's do it. Um, So you really focus on customer service, and you point out um, 13 strategic strategic options um, to consider. So I'm not going to go through all 13, but I thought there were a lot of really um, good points you make. So the first few you talk about um, is around customers expanding the use of online services and then also being ready to respond to an increase of online activity. That's like very timely I'm sure most people who are listening have seen this, where different companies are trying to go online trying to make things available to people why they're they're quarantined or sheltering in place. Um, I think those really would resonate with people and there's a few others that you have here that I, I want to jump into um, that talk about um, dealing with like personal PPE or personal pr- protective equipment. Do you want to talk about those
1: a little bit? Ah uh, sure yeah so um, PPE or protective personal equipment I think that's a great one um, and, and let I'll take it from the employee side out so focusing on those if you have if companies haven't done already they should not only provide but require those employees that are directly dealing with in-person interactions or having direct contact with things like currency paperwork, stocking, delivering products, those, those individuals should be trained not only in how to use PPE, uh, in the case, you know, always follow guidelines by CDC or WHO, in this case, um, masks and gloves, but, and, and I do see that happening. This is awesome. However, there's a side that showing them the proper disposal of PPE is critical. I'll give you a great, great example. My son works in a, a local hospital and he was sharing with me how easy it is to be infected by just the removal of masks and gloves. So that really, really needs to be brought forth is not just providing the products for PPE, right. but also how to get rid of them.
0: That, that's a great point. Um, we've had so many articles that we've highlighted over the last few days that that talk about the PPE, the shortages, and things like that. This is a great one to really bring that home. It really resonates, especially with what we're seeing in the news. Um, another point you made here, and I, you know, I had to read it twice, and I'm like, wow, I wouldn't have thought of that, um, was around delaying drug screenings. So, yeah. so tell me a little bit about that. I found that one interesting. I'm like, wow, uh, do we really want to do that? So <laughs> tell, me, tell me a little bit more about the reasoning on that one.
1: All right. Um, it's it, it seems a little unconventional, but it's pragmatic, um, and it really came from a conversation I had with one of our customers, one of the you know the, one of the world's largest retailers, and it, it hit home. Is you know, the demand for home delivery in the, at this time is explosive? That's probably an understatement. Would you agree? Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Right. And it doesn't matter what it is, whether it be safety product, home goods, staples, essentials. It doesn't matter. Even, you know, so everybody's offering shop, you know, shopping from home, from the Mm -hmm. food stores. Yeah. Seven. Now, and I live in a resort area. It's seven week lead time.
0: Yeah. I'm seeing the same thing here. Not seven weeks. Now I'm outside of Philadelphia, but I'm seeing a few weeks that you're waiting if you want
1: to
0: you know, get that type of delivery, definitely.
1: Right. So we have a lot of people who are out of work as a result of the pandemic, and hiring just can't go through its normal processes. You know, e- e- even within our own organization, we got to go through a background and a drug test. That's standard operating procedure, and that can take weeks. Yeah. So you know, one of the things of recommending, and we were talking about it, is. To add, have human resources, work with legal, and add language into the employment contract that says, hey, we're going to wait or we're going to still test, but it's a conditional hire. We're not going to wait for you to get your drug results back and your background check. And that yeah. allows, you know, that allows the, uh, the community to – or the organization to staff up.
0: That's, you know, and that's, that, that's an awesome point. And um, I wonder, we don't know this, but you may have seen recently in the news, we, I think we highlighted this last week, Amazon is is hiring like 100,000 people um, to mm. deal with this. So, I mean, perfect point, very timely um, and an interesting one too.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, but there is a risk, right? But yeah. it's got to be a for each organization as well as the positive impact that it's going to have on the community and you know and, and amazon really is leading the way there in in doing that and by the way that's exactly what they're doing they're postponing really? yes
0: wow. <laughs> okay <laughs> um well cool. let, let me move down um i'm kind of going down your list of recommendations sure. I want to talk a little bit about forbearance and kind of uh offering forbearance to uh, businesses or consumers as far as payments go?
1: Sure. So, I mean, at this point, we all know somebody directly impacted by COVID-19 and largely people are out of work. Right. So there's a lot of people whose income has either been severely curtailed or completely stopped. So companies that are accepting payments for any goods or services should proactively assist their customers in this time of need. So forbearance is defined as the act of delaying or drastically reducing the amount owed without penalty. So what I was uh, suggesting in the blog and what I'm recommending is to those organizations that can act forbearance, do it, right? Do, do it for employees, do, do it in situations where, you know, we're a credit card company, a bank, mortgage, lending institutions, insurance companies to name a few. And yes, it, it will be interpreted as an act of goodwill to the customers and the community.
0: Right, right. And now this isn't specifically called out in your blog. But I know you and I have talked about this previously. Um, I, wanted to see, I wanted to see if you wanted to add anything in about the Waffle House Index, and how that pertains to the community <laughs> and customer service. I, I just, I love this, I love this story. Um, I wasn't aware of it until you told me about it. I knew Waffle House is like, hey, that's where you can go to get food like any time of the day. So, sure. so you, you wanna tell me a little bit about that as we, as we wrap up? Because I, I thought it's a great, um, a great example of, of uh, what's going on right now as far as the community and customer service.
1: Certainly. So for those of our listeners who aren't aware of it, the term was actually coined by the 2011 director of FEMA. And it's for the Waffle House, a mostly Southern state 24-7 establishment. I think it's from Louisiana through Ohio. And they have a very mature business continuity program. They are usually the first to reopen. And in his blog, he actually says that because one of the things that we crave when there's a disaster, is normalcy. Right. And they have this, they have a, um, a red, yellow, green indicators of what they are. So it, it's not only um, FEMA's real message here, it's a barometer of how the community is faring. So when I wrote this, that act, the the blog was in the spirit of the Waffle House Index, providing companies with a focus on sustaining as well as helping to bring, help bring that normalcy during a disaster. And okay. again, discontinuity, bring it back faster as the pan- pandemic goes into a downward slope. So the Waffle House brings that normalcy. And if you've read or are aware, Chick-fil-A does the same thing. Really? Be- <laughs> yes. Okay. They've actually opened on Sundays and handed out free sandwiches in times of uh, disasters. I think the last one was when uh, Atlanta airport shut down due to power and people were stranded.
0: That's that's so interesting. And not only are you making me hungry, um, now I'm going to want to look this up. Um, yeah, it's so, a great example. It, is, it really is. And I think people are going to look at things a little differently now, um, especially every time they go buy a Waffle House.
1: <laughs> it, 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 exactly. And uh, so, yeah, by the way, um, kind of timely is the Waffle House Index yesterday evening went to red. They've closed over 400 stores. Wow. And that really reflects the severity of the situation and the impact it could have on local communities.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. So um, as we wrap up our podcast here, Chris, is there anything else you wanted to highlight?
1: Um, Really, you know, again, that customer service Focus for, the, for our organizations helps to ensure resiliency of the organization again, and it's going to bring stabilization in this time of, of crisis. So in that spirit, I mean, I definitely would like to extend an offer to our listeners. If you'd like to have a discussion with me on how, how I can help the company that you work with, I'd be more than happy to. And you can reach me through our website or email.
0: Great. Thank you so much for joining us today, Chris.
1: Thanks for having me, Karen. Appreciate it.
0: That wraps up this edition of C-19 Daily. Be sure to keep sending us questions and comments. You can do that at COVID-19 at InfiniteBlue.com. This is Karen Romano. We'll talk to you soon.